Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickok. Grab your cup of coffee or tea. Sit back and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above. I was just about ready to go live and I nodded off for a minute looking at people's comments. And then I realized I was frozen. And then my computer did sort of a restart thing. Weird, right? Our computers are behaving so strangely. Uh, but good morning to everybody. I'm really glad to be here and I'm glad to have you with me. Good morning to Susie and Tom. Tom says, uh, does anybody else feel dizzy or wobbly? Uh, not me today, but it's a possibility because everything is so kind of topsy-turvy out there. Good morning to Corey and it's great to see you. Uh, Pam Zaruba, good morning to you. Susie says, not really. But hi, Tom. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what that feeling might be, but I have had it before, Tom. So I understand. It feels like maybe, you know, the world is um, kind of in a tizzy. And, you know, today we have literally, we're in, in the last day of the shadow, the collective shadow period, thank God. Um, and we have, you know, Pluto, Venus, and Mars breaking a, up a little bit from their, their conjunction yesterday. And so you don't, you don't really separate from Pluto without some kind of, of effect or some kind of something that's going on. And then we have, you know, Mars and Venus still tag teaming and they are getting ready to leave Capricorn and move on into Aquarius. So I think, you know, the possibility is our nerves are a little jangled, that we may feel like our nervous system can't take one more thing or, or uh, in some way that we are having to uh, work through the high energy, but maybe that vibration that's moving through us is causing physical uh, reactions within us. So I, I've had that feeling before, so I get you, um, and I'm hoping it will pass. Today, the moon is in Aries, and that adds more Mars energy to the picture. So we have uh, the potential for some, you know, high energy vibrations to be moving through us, and that may also be a part of it. So there's always reasons. Good morning to Amy Energy Tarot, Debbie tippetts Tumiel. Hello there, J-Lo. Good to see you. And Debbie says, I'm exhausted and don't know why. Uh, I don't know, Debbie. It's been, let's see, you were, I'm sure you've been really busy because you're always participating in Mardi Gras and, and Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. So that would have brought an end to the Mardi Gras festivities. So maybe you're just sort of reflecting that in your own body, all of that energy that you put out toward that. Uh, Amy D, good morning to you. And uh, let's see, uh, anybody else here making comments? Amanda J, good morning to you. Tammy Smith, hello, it's good to see you. All right, that's enough for that. Let's get into what we want to talk about this morning. And, and you know, this morning I found myself going in like, you know, a spray of directions. And that's because there is, you know, literally a lot happening and... I'm going to see if we can break it down a little bit. The big thing that I want to talk about today is Mars and Venus getting ready to move out of Cap and into Aquarius. At zero degrees Aquarius, they will find themselves in another conjunction. 
Uh, and of course, we know that degree. That degree is very familiar to us as that is where Saturn and Jupiter conjuncted on the winter solstice of 2020. And it set us up for what comes next. And today we're going to take a little bit of a look at that because Saturn and Jupiter sitting there were sort of dictating the social um, and cultural uh, things that would be coming up, the cultural and social changes that were going to be coming up. Now we have two inner planets crossing that degree. And the inner planets tell us where's our creative energy because of Mars and Venus uh, being the two planets, where's our creative energy flowing? right? What, what is happening there? So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about where the uh, shadow energy, the collective shadow period ends today and what that means for all of us. And I want to take a look at the moons. How extraordinary is it that today the moon is in Aries and then uh, later in the weekend of Sunday morning, the moon will be in Taurus, Aries ruled by Mars, Taurus ruled by Venus, Mars and Venus still in a dance together. I feel like there's something that we need to take away. There's a takeaway message for us. And uh, then I'll take a look at some of the human design energies that are happening as well. So today the moon is in Aries and then there's no major aspects today with the moon. It's so funny, right? I looked at this and I'm going, no, there, there's just nothing, no, nothing new happening. The moon is still you know, making connections to planets that were started in uh, last night or early in the, the the morning. But right now for the rest of the day, nothing going on. And yet tomorrow, the moon still in Aries is going to be playing with both Saturn and Mercury in a sextile and then squaring Pluto. So we want to take a look at what some of that means. And then there is a void, of course, moon happening from Saturday afternoon, uh, evening, 8.02 p.m. my time. So that's going to be 11.02 p.m. for those of you on the East Coast, uh, the next day for those of you in Europe. And that won't break until uh, Sunday morning at one minute after midnight my time. Uh, one minute after 3 a.m. for those of you in the East Coast and uh, after morning in uh, maybe early afternoon for those of you in Europe. And then the moon will be in Taurus. Now the moon is going to enter into Venus territory. So today and tomorrow we're in Mars territory as we were yesterday. And the Aries moon, what is it? What's its messaging to us right during this period of time? So I'm looking at this and maybe stepping back a little bit. And looking at it from a different perspective, not the usual Aries is this, 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 and this, but in the context of Mars and Venus joining up together first in Capricorn and staying together as they move hand in hand, it's like they've joined hands, right? And they're moving into Aquarius within seven minutes of one another. That's crazy, right? So what does this mean? Well, we've been talking about how the Pluto-Mars-Venus conjunction was about our creative selves, right? What, what creative energy were we bringing to the table? And the uh, aspect of Mars and Venus is very creative. You bring it to Pluto or, uh, yeah, you bring it to Pluto because they're the faster moving planets and you have transformation or an empowerment going on. So it was prompting us to sort of create a dream and to create from a dream. So today's Aries moon is telling us to dream big, right? Don't just have this little idea of who you want to be, uh, where you want to go, who you want to do that with, you know, get it bigger, 
right? Let's make it a broader picture. And then that broader picture should be aligning you with what you're passionate about. So if you're passionate about astrology like I am or uh, helping people find their way through their lives, then that's what I'm aligning my passion with. That's what I'm dreaming big about. What if you're passionate about sharing a, a message uh, through the written word and you're writing your great novel or it, it might be time for you to start aligning with that? And literally, there are as many different ways as that dream can be expressed in the world as there are people in the world without any one of them being more important than the other. The only important thing here, the, the only uh, limiting factor is that it has to be something that you personally are passionate about or something that you have as your personal dream. And of course, Aries being the first sign of the Zodiac and the moon being something that accounts for timing, that puts us in a position also just post the, the new moon to start something new. And then what might that be? Is it a new health uh, reg regimen? Is it a new uh, way of looking at yourself? Is it a new way of thinking, a new way of talking to yourself? I mean, you name it, it can be any number of things that we want to start new. This is a time when the moon is in Aries and there's this Mars connection to strut your stuff, right? Get your little peacock feathers on and strut your stuff. Show off your work, your art, your music, your whatever, right? Fill in the blank. Strut your stuff and show it off, right? And you can do that. It's interesting in Aries because Aries has a sort of innocence about it. So, Often we look at an Aries that's showing their stuff and we think, oh, isn't that sweet? You know, or isn't that, you know, awesome that they're so excited about what they love. And that's the feeling that we get today is that if you're going to put your stuff out there, then do it with as much passion and love and effervescence as you can. And others are going to receive that in a way that is sort of of innocence, right? No one judging or anything like that. Uh, it is a time to be dynamic. This isn't a time to sit back on your, you know, you don't sit on your hands. I can't sit on my hands because I would probably fall out of my chair because I talk with my hands. It is a time for us to be dynamic and move forward. Um, because Mars is the ruler here, he is the planet of action and forward motion. It's time to take steps, right? Put your Put your money out there, put your time out there, put your resources out there, put your values out there. Do what you need to do to get what you need to be able to live your passions. I love it, right? Watch out for impulsivity because there is that potential, right? Mars sometimes can act first and think later. It can sometimes, you know, speak confrontationally or with conflict and then later have to, you know, backpedal or regret the words that were said. So we don't want to become reactive. That's the one thing we'll want to watch for. We don't want to be in reaction or um, impulsively taking action on things. We want to do this with a little more deliberateness, deliberateness. Now let's trans this, let's transit this over into uh, the Venus energy of Taurus. So the moon will move into Taurus at, uh, what was it? Midnight 01. Yes, it's my time on Sunday morning. So March 6th. And what we have now is a shift in the field of energy that the moon will be triggering. It's more feminine. It's more uh, beauty. It's more harmonious. 
and it's less uh, about striking out to do something new and boldly as it is about beauty and harmony. Now, how do I can, how can I create a more harmonious me, uh, a more harmonious expression of who I am? And the Taurus moon, of course, brings us to money and resources and our possessions. So what, what do we value essentially, right? Our values. And we tend to spend money on the things that we value. So that's why money is linked here. We tend to own things that are aligned with our values, right? If we value, I mean, if you came into my house, you would know two things. One, my husband values trains and two, Janet values books because they're everywhere in my house, right? Trains and books. <laughs> I should someday take a picture of my husband's train layout so you guys can see what I mean when I say my house is about trains and books. Uh, so when we align with our values, we tend to purchase those things that have value to us. We tend to uh, share those things with other people, right? We share our love of books and we share our love of of whatever, right? Of good food, our share, we share our love of wine, we share our love of children, whatever it is, when we have something that we're passionate about that we really love, it reflects in our values. And then we share those values with the people that are most important in our lives. But we also have to find boundaries here. Uh, Taurus is an earth sign. So it, it, it wants that stability, it wants that framework through which sharing can be done, right? It's not that I, um, you know, I buy books and then I, I just like share them with everybody without, you know, keeping track of who's borrowing my books, right? Or, or who's partaking in uh, the possessions that I have. So we need to find boundaries. And, you know, time is sometimes needing the boundary, right? Sometimes it's about your own personal time, your own personal attention, like who's got their hooks in you, trying to drag you into uh, doing what they want you to do or to be who they want you to be. So the boundary might not be about anything that you own, but more about you personally, right? So putting boundaries, boundaries are not a bad thing, but boundaries only become a bad thing when we hide behind them, right? Or when we don't have a little bit of flexibility to move them in some way or in some direction. So we have to find our lane this weekend with the moon moving here. What your lane is might be your creative expression. And because Mars and Venus are still in this conjunction, that becomes even more important, which is why I'm taking the time to talk about where the moon is, because the moon's triggering the right timing, the right emotional feel, the right um, inner reserves that need to be put to use in the outer world. Taurus moon about is all about sensuality and our senses, the five physical senses primarily. It's not that Taurus isn't intuitive. It's not that at all. It's that their feet are on the ground, right? This is a sign that enjoys the physical, the, the, the feel of things, the smell of things, the taste, um, all of the the senses, the physical senses uh, light up and there's beauty here, right? Beauty and harmony and aesthetically pleasing things, but that's going to be unique to each person, right? Some people can't stand the feel of cotton. Some people revel in the feel of cotton. It's, it's going to be as different as it is uh, as each individual. Uh, but 
you know, be guided by your senses, the physical senses. Don't be such a spiritual person that you can't be here on the earth with your feet on the ground, enjoying the feel of things or the taste of things, right? Um, gratitude. Gratitude is huge with the with the moon in uh, and Venus both being attracted to things that we appreciate, things that we um, find in our lives that we're grateful for, both the big and the small, right? The the, the littlest thing, and the Earth nature of the sign is about an appreciation for all of the things that we see in nature, right? Even our own nature, our own human nature. Uh, so appreciation and gratitude. And of course, we'll have to watch out for being rigid. We'll have to look out for stagnation or being too caught up in our comfort zone that uh, we are refusing to move, right? So we can't get caught up. This isn't a time to get stuck. This is a time to see maybe where you have been stuck and to start to take steps. What can I do now? What's my next step, right? What's the next step? So watch out for rigid opinions, right? Sometimes we get caught up in an opinion and or a an idea or an ideal that um, we haven't really taken time to think about what, well, what does that mean? What does that really truly mean to me? And is it uh, a dogma or is it uh, some kind of an idea that I want to share but that I'm open-minded to hearing people's other viewpoints of those ideas. So we, and we all have this, you know, there are places where all of us are caught in that comfort zone. So we get to kind of look at that and decide, what are we going to do with that? <laughs> are we going to stay here? Is it so comfortable that I'm not going to move? Or am I feeling discomfort? And yet I'm just holding back from taking that next step. Why am I holding back? What's the fear here? What might be something that I could do that will push me into the next steps? So the moon really targeting our creative self this, this weekend, uh, love relationships this weekend, and uh, the action, the places where we need to use action, boldness to move uh, to help ourselves get ejected, if you will, out of that comfort zone. I'm not saying don't be comfortable, but I am saying if you've gotten too comfortable, then maybe you need to do something different. Uh, okay, questions. How's everybody doing out there with that? Uh, Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. J-Lo, uh, I think I said hello to you, so I feel bad sometimes if I miss somebody. Um, I also just want to say that <clears throat> this is a broadcast that I do live. And I'm doing this on Facebook and I do this on YouTube, but this also becomes a podcast later. And it goes out to Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, etc. So if you are someone who is listening to this podcast later in the day and you're missing something that I am showing to others, uh, you can always go over to YouTube or over to Facebook and play it live there or play the recording there so that you can see what it is that I might be putting on the screen or things like that. So I just, I always forget to say that. And I, I did it. I said it. Good morning, Irene Alberg. She says, indeed, it is intense. And I've been so irritated today and pushed into a corner. Well, that would be Mars and Aries, right? Moon and Aries ruled by Mars. That's in a conjunction with Venus at 28 degrees or so of Capricorn. That is really building us up to a push 
out of the comfort zone, right? Earth, we've, we've been in earth. Now it's time to move those ideas out, put them into the world, change yourself, change your world. It's an in, I think too, it is complicated because we also have the collective shadow period. We have a lot of worldly uh, shadows that are playing out and um, some of them with dire consequences. And there's a lot of uncertainty that we feel in that. Um, it, it was funny because, you know, my husband's usually very optimistic and very, uh, very much uh, not someone who follows the news very closely. I follow the news probably more closely because I'm speaking to it astrologically. And he got all in a panic last night about our Russia having um, caught uh, a Ukrainian um, nuclear facility on fire. And about what what are they trying to do? Are they trying to create a nuclear holocaust? And you know, I could feel the, all of this, you know, fear ramping up. And I feel, and if he's doing this, right, this person that doesn't typically look at the news and doesn't really, it's not that he doesn't look at the news; he just doesn't get into the story. Um, how is everybody else doing with this story that does watch this, right? So there is a lot of uncertainty. And then when you push the moon into a sign like Aries, where conflict and confrontation can come up to the surface, willingly or unwillingly, sometimes it's just, you know, an unwilling or an unseen force that pulls things to the surface. And then we, you know, strike out or we become uh, the victim of somebody else's. And I, I hesitate to use that word because none of us are ever victims, but we get on the receiving end of somebody else's conflict or somebody else's confrontational energy. So this too will pass, right? This too will pass. Um, and things should smooth out perhaps feeling wise by the weekend. Let's take a look at the shadow energy. So today we are in, and I'm talking about now the Pleiadian uh, earth energy, the calendar, my 2022 is up on the wall. So I don't, I keep the 2021 because, uh, it was an 18 month calendar. So we still have all the way through June available here. And as we look at the shadow, the collective shadow period, we've been in this since what February, uh, let's see, where was for being February 13th. And today we are at the the last day of this. So now all of the pieces are coming together. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, this has been a doozy shadow period. Personally, I was trying to figure out this morning, like, why would this one have been so um, powerful in my own life? And why others have just passed by virtually unnoticed by me, except, you know, to see that other people might be living in the shadows. So this might be a, a source for anxiety for people too, because maybe this particular shadow period really, you know, was like the little knife sticking you in the back going, you gotta, you gotta get rid of this. So the shadows that, you know, come up for you personally are the ones that you are needing to work through, right? To understand that the shadow period isn't about punishing you. It's about showing you where you're still not all on board with your personal energy. So uh, I was surprised that I was still working through self-worth issues. That's what really got me this two-week period of time or this 20-day period of time. And it was brutal in some cases, right? The things that, that were coming up and the things that I, I had to work through. And all of us, by the way, 
are in this together and we all, you know, can can play the roles for each other that are the triggers for the shadows. And uh, I had a, a conversation with a friend about this because one of the shadows for me was instigated by something that that person had said or had pushed me to do, pushed me into doing, and then uh, felt blamed. So her shadow was blame. Mine was about taking me down into a hole of low self-worth. And she could perceive that I was blaming her. And I'm looking at that going, heck no, I'm crediting you with helping me to find my shadow, to see it more clearly. So I want to take the word blame almost out of our, our vocabulary and replace it with we are all playing maybe roles that we agreed to play before we came onto the planet uh, so that we can grow, so that we can move through these shadows. And that's something that I want to make sure everybody can, if you're looking back now, back to February 13th and the things that have come up, um, don't be looking at it with with a blaming heart or a blaming attitude. It is more about that person played such a powerful role for me that I'm crediting that person with the change that they in, instigated for me, right? They played their role. It's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. If, if it's not, the blame is a projection, right? You're projecting outward onto someone else what you didn't want to see in yourself. So instead, let's credit one another with sometimes playing the role of the shadow, uh, playing the role of Eris, the discord, right? Throwing out that apple of discord so that we'll take a look at something that's been hidden from us, right? There was a hidden part of me that was still involved in, in low self-esteem, low self-worth, crazy as it sounds, right? Even to myself, I was like gobsmacked over that. And uh, of course, there were a couple of other shadows that I've also been dealing with, but not in such a powerful way. So all of us over this period of time have had this ability to be triggered by the shadows. And now today we come to the last day of this. And the last day of the collective shadow period happens on 10 enlightening. And the number 10 is about manifesting. It is a number that you know, takes the one and the zero. So numerologically, if we look at it as numbers, it's the higher order of the one and elevating, right? The one to the next level. So um, almost like a, a graduation, if you will, from just one energy of a new beginning to a new beginning that's full of possibilities, right? The zero, all things are possible. All things lie in the zero. The zero is all and nothing, right? So the possibilities lie in in everything or in nothing, right? So it's an interesting number to put together for sure. In the Pleiadian calendar, the number 10 is really about manifesting. And what are you manifesting, right? So what do you see in your outer world? That's what you are manifesting. So it really takes us into a, a place of responsibility for seeing what you've been focused on and how it's been creating the world for you, right? Your relationships in some ways, your health in some ways, your work in some ways, your or your authority. Uh, we could just go around to each of the houses in the astrology chart and we could see how the shadow 
or this idea of what we've been focusing on has been creating certain things in our lives. And you can do that for both the positive and the not so positive things, right? So if you like what you see in your outer world, then what have you been doing right? I want more of that, right? If what if you are seeing the this beautiful relationship coming together because you've been working on yourself for all of this time and you've been putting it out there into the world that you're ready to be in a in a loving, beautiful, heartwarming relationship and that's what you see, well you've been doing the right things. But if instead you've been focused on all of the things that you don't like or the things that you don't want or the ugliness of the world and that's what you're seeing, then help yourself by realigning, looking at what's up here, what have you been focusing on? What's here in your heart? Have you been focusing on your passion or have you been in everybody else's business? Look in the emotional solar plexus. What are you feeling, right? The feeling part of us, because all three are creating our reality, right? The head, the ideas, the thinking, the focus, the heart, what we're passionate about, what we love, where's our love energy focused. And then the solar plexus, our emotional field, right? Are we reactive? Are we responding are we feeling good? Are we calibrated with our hearts? Because our emotions tell us if we're calibrating with our heart or not, right? Are, are we out of alignment? If we're feeling, and I'm not saying that all feelings that are not joyful, happy feelings are bad, but they help us to calibrate because they're going to show us that perhaps your, your thought processes are focused over here in the negative. Maybe I'm focused more on what I don't have instead of what I have, so I can apply some gratitude work to it. Um, if I'm, if I'm seeing that everything is crashing down around me, perhaps I've been ignoring the part of my world that's been showing me that I'm, I've been stuck in something and the universe is actually trying to help me to let go of something. So it's, just an extraordinary time, right? For us to really take a look and see what's out there. And then today is a day then for us to think about what we're thinking about. What are our thoughts focused on? And the word enlightening here in uh, the Pleiadian energy, this is the last of the day signs. So the last of the earth signs. And in the Mayan calendar, it was a how, which was represented by the flower, like the flower of life. Sometimes it was the, all of the kings of the Mayan and the Aztec civilization had to be of a lineage of a how, right? So they were born with that kingship in their blood. And then they are, this is an energy that brings things into fullness, right? Enlightening us. And it is ideals, right? What are the bigger ideals? This is a, a sign that where we can see or a day sign that can see social progress. It's a bigger picture, seeing the bigger picture, your part. Yes, but it's the bigger picture. How do we all fit into the society together? And, you know, I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but when um, we, one of the biggest questions I get from people all the time is what am I here to do? Who am I here to be? Like, wh why am I here? If we had been born into the Mayan or the Aztec culture, we would have known that from birth. Why? Because your, your astrology or your birth sign, the number of the day that you were born and the sign that you were born on 
told all of society what the role is that you would take on. So if you were born on a 10, a how, which this would be 10 enlightening, you would have likely been brought up to think bigger, to see the bigger picture. All of society would have helped you in that role to take on some form of leadership, right? And not all people that were born on a how were, were going to be kings, right? That's not it. But a lot of that energy was about the leaders and how you would be a, a personal leader uh, for your family, perhaps, or your community, or even on up into the society leaders, cultural leaders. So, but the whole, the thing, the whole point of that is the whole of the culture would know based on your name and part of your name was your astrology, your like I was born on two manique or uh, two remembering, people would know that that the role that I have is in sharing ideas about sharing people with tools, right? giving people tools, using some divine wisdom to help people seal uh, or work through duality. And then I come as a Gemini. So even my astrology backs that up. So in this society, however, that we've grown up, particularly Western society. So this isn't like everyone that, you know, is on the planet because some cultures really do, you know, structure around uh, the date, the birth of a child and the potential that child brings with them. In our culture, we don't have any tools set up to support the child, right? So nobody said to you, if you were a, a, a whatever sign, nobody said or brought you toys or brought you things that that were going to specifically support what you came here to do or who you came here to be. Instead, we pretty much say, you know, go out and find your way. <laughs> go out and find your way. Or your parents sometimes might have wanted you to be what they were, right? Or to do what they wanted you to do, to follow in their footsteps in some way. So, when we get to a day like today, we can see sometimes perhaps that the shadow energies come from our continuing to try to be somebody that we're not or to do things that are not correct for us because of a force or a pressure from society uh, that other cultures and other times haven't had because they've known right from the start what their gifts were, what their talents were, right? Raise your hand if you've ever gotten your child an astrology reading or a human design reading. Of course, that was only, it's only 20, 30 years old. So you, you all couldn't have done that perhaps, but how, how have you been treated yourself, right? And where did you get off track? So today we come to the end of the shadow period for the time being. Hopefully we all have some new realizations Hopefully we have some new tools on our belts that we can use to help move through the shadow energy and to not ignore what we've been through. That would not be my preference either, you know, to face it, to look at it, to be able to say, look self, low self-worth in the eye, right? To be able to look at whatever the shadow was that showed you guilt maybe or shame in some ways or boundarylessness or overly stringent boundaries all of these different shadow energies that were possibly brought up during this period of time and what am i going to do with it right what am i going to do with it how am i going to move myself beyond that shadow and 
be true and authentic and live out my own authority, right? Okay. Uh, so let me go back here and um, JLo Kamal, good morning. It's good to see you. Uh, let's see. Susie says, I was told they can walk by you even. They go to town to town with the device. Who knows? Oh, I don't know what you guys are talking about there. Um, all right. I don't see any questions. But if you have questions, go ahead and put them in there. Uh, ba -ba J-Lo. Yes, it is. I just hope if anyone... It, I just hope if anyone ever in the future sees this and goes through any of this, gets a spark of hope and knows they can get through it too. Oh my gosh, now I'm really fascinated. What is it that you guys are talking about there? Susie Gemini, 10 Kimi. It's interesting, the Mayan calendar for me, it's transformation, right? Kimi is a sign, it's a death sign, right? It sometimes was represented by the vulture, the picking of the bones, the uh, idea that everything decays, right? Everything dies. And then out of that springs something new. Um, in some of the angst that I've had over the last few days, 20 days or so, I've been finding myself coloring a picture of a phoenix. I chose that. I, I, I have this whole book of coloring. I think I did tell you guys that that was one of the things and I'm not done with it yet. I'm still coloring the phoenix. And it's almost a prayer as I go through it, as I am, am you know, coloring it in and seeing it come to completion. Um, it's almost that a, a prayer or a meditation of releasing the shadow for me and coming out on the other end transformed. So it's kind of like art imitating life, um, all of that. Uh, okay, Susie, where would I look up my number birthday in the Mayan calendar? Oh, heck yes. I have a great book for you. Here is the book, How to Practice Mayan Astrology by Bruce Schofield and Barry Orr. Um, this is a book that I've had for a very long time. It's very, it's fallen apart almost on me. And it has both the symbolism of the signs, but in the back, it has an index of all of the different um, birth dates. So Pam, what's your birth date? And I can give you your birth sign. And uh, that's all I need, right? I don't even need to know the time of birth or the place of birth, right? It's all based on the day of your birth. Christine says, reminds me of walking a labyrinth, right? That is another way to move through something, um, to move through a meditation um, while you're in motion, right? Sort of like uh, letting go of, okay, so Pam, November, but I need the date and the year the day in the year. I mean, so I've got November and what else? And anybody else, if you want to do that, I'll spend a couple of minutes doing this for people. November 15th. Okay. We're getting closer. What year? <laughs> Cause I do need that. And don't be shy. I was born in 1961. I'm old. I, I own it. I'm not old. I'm lovely. <laughs> 19. 63. Okay, let's look you up. 1963. Ooh, which means you're coming, you're in your Saturn return, I will bet. So November 15th of 1963. November 15th of holy moly, there's so many dates. There you are. November 15th is 10 Kimi. So you are very similar to Susie, right? Except you have the number 10 as your number. So the number 
in the Mayan calendar was the day, right? It had a universal feel to it, like in the Pleiadian calendar. And the day sign was your astrology sign. So again, you know, you're a bit of a transformer and it kind of speaks to your life going through various transitions and transformations that um, would in, indeed lead you through uh, an advancement in wisdom and even helping other people through life and death uh, type of, of issues. Uh, I see Tammy, July 20th of 1963. I'll do that one. You're nine, Lamotte. And Lamotte was the representation of Venus for the Mayans. And in, um, in the Pleiadian calendar, I have to look that one up because Lamotte in the Pleiadian is loving, I think. Yep, loving. Loving energy. So relationships and the dynamics of love are a part of your experience. The nine being a number that brings uh, harmony or merging, you know, all of the numbers together uh, in order to make up to the next level, right? Moving up into the 10. Um, Alana, September 7th of 64. So Alana, September, what was it? September 7th. Okay. So September 7th was eight, Akbal. Eight is the number of connection, right? So you were born on a universal day of connection, of um, how we are connected from heaven to earth and how we are connected from heart to heart, person to person, how we in, in, in our human bodies are both spirit and matter, right? Spirit and form. Akbal was the, the representation of the night. So there is some of the dealing with shadows and dealing with um, the more feminine aspect of things going into the womb. And I want to say there was also sometimes a, a feeling of the storminess that comes that that in the outer life, the storm can provoke us to move inward and, and that type of thing. Uh, Karen uh, Ogren, thank you. I've got the year, but I there you go. September. Oh, I need the day. So the day, the day, the day. So I've got September and I've got the year of birth. Now I need to know the day that you were born on. So uh Karen, you're welcome, Tammy. And Amanda J, same thing with you. I'm going to need the day. So I need the day, the month, the year, the whole of your birth date. And Pam says, love how I always learn something new. <laughs> I live to teach people new things. Um, that's what I'm here to do. Share these tools. Uh, let's see. Did I miss somebody going back here? Uh, Christine Buckingham, March 9th. Okay, so let's do yours. Of what was the year? There it is. Um, let's do this. March 9th. So for you, that's May. I need March 9th. So Christine, for you, it is 13, Muluk. So the number 13 is a number of ascension, moving to the next level. But before we move to the new beginning of the one, right? There is the integration point. 13 is the integration of the new, uh, of everything we've learned, of all of the experiences so that we're prepared to ascend. And Muluk was a sign that represented water. 
and water represents emotion. So this is an emotional you. So you are of emotion and learning how to deal with emotions, how to use emotion uh, to your advantage, right? Understanding emotion, what you're feeling, being sensitive to other people's emotions. There's psychic ability here. There's intuition ability here. Everything that has to do with water and then taking that wisdom and being able to get ready to move on to the next level to ascend. So that's yours. Um, okay, so I got Tammy, I got Alana, Karen, I'm still waiting for, let's see, maybe I got it here. Tom's the monkey. Of course you are, Tom. Um, okay, Karen. So let's see, do I have all the pieces for Karen? I have September, I have 27. Okay, so let's get to yours, Miss Karen. September 27th. Okay, so 27th of September. What? Oh, I skipped a page. Okay, you are also 13. You are 13. Aha. So you're also a part of the coming back, bringing all the pieces together, integrating so that you are prepared to ascend, moving up to the next level, right? The next part of the spiral of consciousness. And in a how, it is also the enlightening. It matches the day today, right? Where we just talked about uh, the idea of ideals and bringing in uh, things that support social progress and stepping back to see the bigger picture and how all of this fits together. So you might have been someone that worked with a, a larger community uh, as, as a leader. So there's this leadership potential, the uh, someone stepping up into the light and the role of leadership. So that would be yours. Um, do, do, do. Okay, so I think that was all. Did I miss somebody's birth dates? Amanda J., I still only have your year of birth. And I know if I go looking for it, I could find it. Uh, but if you really want to know, I'm going to write down that I have 1973, was it? Now I lost you. 1973. So I need the month and the day for you, and then we can do that. All right. So the whole thrust of the day today was supposed to be about talking uh, on the Aquarius conjunction of Mars and Venus coming up Saturday. So let's make sure we talk about that in the time that I have left here, because this is so important, right? This is literally one of the most important things that we could be really contemplating as we move into the weekend. And that's because the zero degrees Aquarius is linking Mars and Venus, the inner planets of action and love and creativity of balancing the hemispheres of the brain, balancing the, the masculine with the feminine and it's coming together at zero degrees of Aquarius, where Saturn and Jupiter set the tone just a year and a half ago in what the social fabric was going to be working on. What was our culture going to be working on? And Saturn and Jupiter, just to remind you, they come together once every 20 years. So we have a 20-year cycle when these two come together, and it sets the tone for what society will be working through. But that particular conjunction was huge because it also represented a 200-year cycle of 
Saturn and Jupiter coming together in an air sign, right? Aquarius being an air sign. And that was modeling the shift for us into out of the earth where concerns about resources and greed and, you know, taking from others starts to die away. And we enter into a new world of air, which is about ideas and possibilities and, and potential and sharing and elevating our thoughts to include all of humanity and not just, you know, the people that have money or uh, the, you know, certain races, etc. So you can see the dynamic and the shift between what earth had brought to us and what air will be bringing to us. And now we've got Mars and Venus linked together here at zero degrees of Aquarius. And to me, this brings up this idea of contribution. What are you going to contribute? What the, what's the creative spark in you that's being instigated right now to bring out and to share, to contribute? And it doesn't have to be something that you contribute in a big way, but every little piece helps, right? Every little part helps. And it might be a, a, a noble ideal. That was a, a phrase that I found somewhere along the line this week. A noble ideal. What does that mean? Right? What is a noble ideal? Is peace a noble ideal? Hmm, I think it might be. And bringing form then to our new ideas. If, if peace is a new idea, and I dare say on this planet, it's a new idea, um, what can we bring to that? How do we contribute? What's the part of me that can contribute to peace on the planet or peace in my community or in my country? Uh, and bringing the form then to the idea. You know, what, what concrete step, what step can I take in the physical realm that supports that? And then the bigger picture would be the concretizing of an ideal. And this is information that I got from my astrological mandala, because I looked up what is the zero degrees of Aquarius, right? What, what is that degree? What does that mean? Right? The 360 degree mandala of all of the energies around a chart. They have a meaning and they're part of a story. And as I looked at that story, I'm going to sort of share it with you. The symbol, the, the timing is that we have moved into a new scene, right? If we're in a new sign, so there's this new scene being set for on the play. So if, if the 360 degrees is forming an entire play, right, a, a production, a Zodiac production, then we are in scene 21. And scene 21 is about hmm, contribution, right? Contribution. And in this first level of this, it's about the actions that we're willing to take. So how are we going to contribute? And the phrase for or the, uh, the, the words, the sentence that represents zero degrees of Aquarius is an old Adobe mission in California. And the keynote is the power inherent in all great human works to endure far beyond the workers' lifespans. You get a feeling of the broadness of this time, of the majesty of the fact that we're here only for a blip on the screen. Yet the things that we do, the, the goals, the ideals that we live by, the uh, part, our, our, our con contribution is a part of something bigger, something longer lasting and something that we put to good use, right, in the support of 
all of humanity and all of life, right? All of the planet. And I, I, I grew up in California. So some of you might not have ever been to California, but the missions are still standing. And some of them were built way back in the 1600s, the late 1600s, early 1700s, something like that. And they, they're, they're, they've survived earthquakes. They, they've survived fires and floods. And, and it was the coming together of an ideal, you know, the ideal that the uh, Catholic church in this case, and I'm not going to talk about the rightness or wrongness of this, but they built these structures. They concretized an ideal in these missions, right? And they still stand today as a testament to a period of time where this ideal was being spread in and throughout uh, California. It was actually spreading throughout the world, but in this case, just in California. So there's a creative, a spiritual, and an idealistic um, dream that's being spread, that's being birthed. At this moment in time, we take Mars and Venus as creative energy. We take the fact that they're personal planets and that they are bringing a personal um, aspect to this bigger energy. So what's the ideal that you're going to live from, that you're going to express? What creative energy are you going to live by and what are you going to express? And what spiritual part are you going to play, right? Where are you going to put your stuff out there? And right? This is huge. And you got to think about what comes next, right? So Saturday, we have the conjunction of Mars and Venus again at zero degrees of Aquarius, but then Venus and then Mars are going to come into a square with Uranus. So right away, we're going to bump up against the ideal coming into and meeting up with where we're stuck, right? Where have we been confounded? Where are we giving up maybe, giving in? Uh, where are we, you know, thinking to ourselves, well, I'm, I'm just this little person over here. Who am I in this grand scheme of things to make this kind of change? Um, so we're all going to be tested with that. We're going to be tested to be able to change our values to align with our hearts and our emotions. And we're going to be tasked with taking that creative energy and building on it. And then Mars is going to come into it. Mars, like a day or two, uh, three days later, uh, because they're going to start to split apart. Mars and Venus are Venus being faster now that she's out of her retrograde and moving faster than Mars. Um, so she's going to move into uh, uh, the square with Uranus. Uh, I did have the dates on this. I want to say it's the 18th. Hold on. The 19th of March, Saturday. And then on the 22nd of March, Mars is going to come into the square with Uranus and that puts a whole lot more impact to it, right? That puts a whole lot of liberation into it. The idea of, you know what, I'm just going to let go of all of these chains that bind and I'm going to move forward fearlessly. So there's that. And if we do that impulsively, we do that without really considering if it's correct for us or not. If we do that without thinking about the impact our actions might have on other people, if we act first, think later, then the next thing that happens is Venus and then Mars come into a conjunction with Saturn. We're going to pay the price, right? Karma. But if we do this correctly, 
then the steps begin to be revealed that we can take in developing our new world, right? Developing our new world uh, to really, you know, start to put the bricks into place. I think we have the foundation. We, we, we've been working on the foundational stuff, but from the foundation, we have to build the walls, right? We have to start to put in the infrastructure that's going to support the next step. So all of that has so many meanings, right? So many layers to it that it's really worth our time and our attention to think about. And then as well on Saturday, the sun comes into his annual conjunction with Jupiter and starts a new cycle of growth and expansion of our ego selves, of the, of the part of us that we put out into the world. And that will happen at 14 degrees Pisces. So there's a very spiritual function going on here. Last year, when the sun conjuncted Jupiter, it would have been in the sign of Aquarius, right? This year it is in the sign of Pisces. And we begin the entire transit of the sun um, moving through uh, the different uh, relationships with the planet of growth and expansion and philosophy and our beliefs and uh, looking at it from a a Piscean point of view where we can become more spiritual, more compassionate, more generous, and more wise in the action steps that we take. So we have a big weekend. <laughs> we have a big weekend coming up. And I see that uh, real quickly, I'm going to do this before I pull some cards for uh, the weekend, that uh, Amanda J gave me 16th November, and I had already put down the year 73. So 16 November of 1973, November, you were 11, a how, and 11 being a number of illumination of light, right? Of bringing in the light and in a how showing that light to others, right? Being the light for others, helping others to see the light helping to shine a light into the darker places of our own psyches, but also helping other people to see where that is. So that that's yours, um, Amanda J. So, all right, I'm going to pull us a starseed oracle card. And nope. I want to get the Mayan, right? Last minute, they want to be the ones to have a card read. And I love these cards too. These are deep. And since we've been talking a bit about the Mayans, it makes sense, right? We want to know more about the Mayan, um, their inherent wisdom. Ooh, we got measure before in Mayan counting, the dots represented the single numbers, one, two, three, four. And when you get to five, this becomes a bar. And then six would be the bar plus a dot. So that was how their number system worked. And the number here is four, and it represents measure. All right, so here's what it says. In alignment with the natural cycles, may the sacred take form in the great mystery revealed through you. Hmm fits perfectly. The qualities here are order, definition, discrimination, natural cycles, meaningful alignment, timing, organizer, troubleshooter. Four is the ray of measure, the alignment with natural cycles. It is the square, the base of the pyramid, the solid foundation that unifies the lines of directional force. I think that sort of backs up the fact that we have the foundation. Now we need to start the building. 
Four is the diamond asking you to utilize the tool of discrimination. Now is the time to manifest your dream or vision. Look to natural logic, order, and definition. These gifts support the whisperings of your creative spirit. You are the architect who manifests your dreams. Open the door and call forth the sacred four. You are being brought into meaningful alignment, bringing healing into this cycle of your life. The four directions offer you assistance in understanding universal laws. Use measure as a tool of consciousness to mold time, form, and space. Now is the time to focus, to connect tangibly with the undefined. Take your ideas and give them discipline and form. Dis develop the ability to be clear and discriminate without creating separation or judgment. Channel your creative energy constructively, generating the power for practical manifestation. If you drew this card, consider the possibility of a potential or manifested gift as an organizer or planner. You may find yourself called to be in the forward scouting party of a mythic quest or pattern because of your gifts in this area. Drawing this card indicates a gift with clear mental discrimination, definition, and bringing organization and order to process and patterns. In your present query, pay attention to right timing or kairos. Wow. Four. The four of measure. And uh, because I know I'm at 9 a.m. ish already, let's do an animal that's going to bring us through this weekend. And we'll do star seeds next week. Ooh. We get hawk spirit. That one was just very clear. Hawk, card number 32. And it says, let spirit be your guide. Hawk. And 32. So, and it was right side up. So we are looking at flying high above the landscape. The hawk sees both the big picture and the small details observes the rain and the pond as well as the cloud and doesn't miss anything. When Hawk Spirit arrives, you are called to pay close attention to messages from spirit that can appear anywhere in any form. Listen to your intuition and keep your eyes open for synchronicities, the meaningful coincidences. Hawk Spirit asks you to, not to dismiss the signs that spirit is sending to guide you. Lately, have you been hearing the same word or song or coming across the same symbol here, there, and in the strangest places? Perhaps you hear a song on the radio with just the right lyric pertaining to your query, or you begin to notice uncanny billboards, license plates, or other places where repetitive numbers or words show up for you to take notice. Pay attention to the animals that appear for you and connect with their symbolism. Spirit wants to communicate and reaches out again and again. When Hawk Spirit appears, it is a sign to listen. Ooh. Two great cards. Goes right along with everything we talked about this morning, right? All right, guys, that is it for me. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And I will see you on Monday morning. We'll take a look at the week ahead. Take care, everybody, and much love to you. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design, and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.